This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. What a day. What a day. Five on three is back. Jackson Hyla, my first appearance in a while, so I full disclosure there. Sorry for my absence. I know you guys don't like Matt, Chris, and Jack too much. <laughs> I know you guys won't miss me, but in all seriousness, Chris Hennessy, Jack Caldwell, I'm Jackson Hyle. Guys, how are we? I'm great. H- hard to be in bad spirits at all. Chris, I, I know I know today I is a Rangers tough day so for you. Much. I, I know so I know much. it's a tough day for you and all Islander fans just, everywhere. You're in the Tomorrow's playoffs, the day. So tomorrow's on. the day. I was so excited until like 20 minutes ago. It's funny how like the Islanders, it's their first like time relevant. And, in the, ra- and in the, like Rangers years, and the Rangers just steal everything. Yeah, steal that. But stop God worrying my. about it. That, worry how about I'm not supposed to worry about and it? And in two weeks when you're out of the playoffs, then you can worry about but, it. But uh, you that, should be focusing this is on the yourselves thing. now. This is the thing. Tomorrow, Larry Brooks is going to write about the Rangers being the number number two overall pick. That's what he's like. That's why do you care? Because that's all anybody cares about in New York. It's it's. Garbage. I hate it so much. The Islanders have had a great season. They've had a better season than the Rangers had and the Devils had combined. And here we are. Everybody's talking about the Rangers today. It's going to be so annoying. Before we start yelling and screaming at each other, um, if, in case you live under a rock, uh, draft lottery was tonight. We are recording this at 940 on a Tuesday night and just announced that the Rangers will be having the number two pick in this upcoming draft. And the Devils... For the yeah. second time in three years, too bad we don't have. We'll Matt get the on. number one pick. No, that's excited. Ha- not, I can't even be happy. I guess I'm happy for Matt, but See, I don't hate screw the Devils. the Devils. Screw Adam Henrique. Screw the Devils <laughs> in every fashion. But wow. okay. regardless, I can't even begin to describe how big of a day this is. Not only for the Rangers and Devils franchise, but just for the city in terms of hockey. I mean. See, this is what this, I mean. This upcoming year, no, but th- but think about this. The Islanders just, aren't just in New general. York City the, team. No, 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 no. I, I'm going to include the Islanders in this because for the first time in a long time, let, let's be completely honest here, there's going to be three teams in in the New York metropolitan area that are going to be relevant in hockey next year. That's true. That's you, you haven't been able to say that in so long. The Islanders haven't been relevant yeah, basically been since, relevant the since 80s. 1985. The Rangers have been relevant for a while, but... These past two years haven't been the case, and of course when the Islanders decide they want to make the playoffs again, the Rangers and Devils both take a step back. But we're talking Jack Hughes and Capo Caco are going to be in this city next year. And no matter if you hate the Rangers or Devils, no matter if you hate the Islanders, this is a great day for hockey in this city, and there's no doubt about it. Those rivalries are so great. I mean, the Rangers and Devils, Rangers and Islanders, those games were lacking this year. The Rangers-Devils had... No meaning to it at all whatsoever. There was no hate or vitriol between these teams. The Rangers-Islanders is what it is because of the fans, but again, it didn't seem like a lot of those games that the players had a lot going at each other on the ice. It's just because of the lack of competition coming from the Rangers and Devils. To have all three of these teams pretty much similar in terms of standings, way too early advanced picks, but I think the Rangers and Devils will be more competitive next year. I think the Islanders might take a little bit of a step back, and you're going to have three teams that are pretty close in terms of competition and are both, or all three, I should say, looking towards the future. But it's like, of course, the Rangers rebuild only lasts two years. That's my only thing. Like, of course, it only lasts two years. Worry about yourself, Chris. This is what I'm, all I'm saying. But All right, right, no, I have something to say, (laughs) if you're going to bring that up. You want to talk about the Rangers rebuild only lasting two years? It's only going to last two years because yes, you get a little luck, but because they did it, they're going to do it the right way. That's fair. The we, Islanders we, are we, the we, one we were talking about this before. Up. 
The Islanders, how many top five picks did they uh, have? I closed in, the tab, but it was a lot. A lot. The point is the Islanders had chances themselves to make it a short rebuild. No, and you're right. They did it to themselves. The Rangers, yes, they, they get lucky by winning the draft lottery, but they it's it's all going to become a culmination of they've created cap space this summer to go after a Panarin and Carlson, which in all likelihood, I, I if I was a betting man, I think Artemi Panarin is a Ranger come next season. You add a 18-year-old potential superstar in Capo Caco. They've d- they've done it the right way, even though I've had my disagreements. The, in the line way it's been the handled. line of Zabinajad, Caco, and Panarin is already giving me nightmares. It's, yeah, it's, it's April 9th, and it's good. already giving me nightmares. And then you have to think about a second line of Kraftsov, Kreider, and Buchnevich if you want that. And a third line, if they there's there was rumors from Larry Brooks that the Rangers would be going hard after Kevin Hayes this summer. Imagine a third line with Kevin Hayes and pieces around that. I don't want to. Look out. I don't want to. Look out. I, I don't want to. I hate the Rangers so much. Clearly. They, they, they play in so- your own city. And? I hate them. I hate the Rangers with all I hate all the of Islanders, my... but right, I'm exactly. not like... They play in your own city. I, but I don't hate them anywhere near the way you do. Like, oh, I, hate I hate them, the but it's like a lovable sports fan hate. It's oh, not... Your hatred is like how myself as a Yankees fan... And as a Jets fan, feels about the Red Sox and Patriots and like a rival city where I actually have physical hatred towards those franchises. But, geez, they play in your own city, Chris. Like Jackson's Abenajad jersey is making my stomach turn. Right yes, now. I'm an American. That's, that's too strong. You have too I, much invested I, into this rivalry. I hate it's supposed to be a fun thing. My family's half Ranger fans, half Islander. I don't know fans. how that Jack, happens. Jack, I'm, I'm actually, not, I'm actually happens. not with you on this one. I, I don't know how I, that happens. I completely understand. Where Chris is coming from, the I, inner I, I city rivalries are different. Just than be, New York just be, Boston. just be the younger brother for five I'm minutes. <laughs> just be the, just be the team. Who oh, were... we will never be the Rangers. Will never be the younger. That's brother. what I'm saying. That it'll that's never ever happen. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Let, let me talk about. This Can we talk about the team that's in the playoffs real quick? We'll, we'll get to them. Right, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to the Islanders complex. who just who happen to make the playoffs and no one really cares. Unfortunately, that's true. Nobody cares. This 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 is a potential franchise altering day for the Rangers. And yes. I will tell you why. Well, actually, I don't really think I need to tell you why because it's pretty obvious. But to add an 18-year-old superstar, and again, things could go wrong where Kako doesn't end up like that. But in all likelihood, that's where this pick ends up, whether it's Kako or if the Devils somehow take Kako instead of Jack Hughes and the Rangers end up with Jack Hughes. Regardless, the Rangers are be going to get an 18-year-old who is a very damn good player. And to add that, Especially after this year where you will have hopeful Rangers fans, but let's be honest, that this year was, you could argue, was a disaster for the Rangers. Because just of the way things played out, coaching decisions that were questionable all over the place, I would definitely say hope was squandered at some point from some fans this year about this rebuild. But this changes everything. It absolutely changes everything. I mean, you got to think that the addition of Kako would even push the Rangers forward to go harder after a guy like Panarin this summer. If there was any Panarin. doubt there, it would push Panarin, Panarin even closer there. Yeah, absolutely. It would push potentially Carlson there if the money's oh God, if the money's right. possible. Th- this changes everything for the New York Rangers, and I-, I think you could argue that in some ways it kind of does the same thing for the Devils too, because they're that's also a team with a lot of cap space. This is also a team that has Taylor Hall only with one more year on his deal. That maybe pushes him closer to New Jersey with the thought that he could play with Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer for the next, oh, I don't know, five to ten years. Mm-hmm. The, just two 
They just gave franchise Ray altering this days again. They gave Ray Shiro and John Hines contract extensions recently yep. too. So, so they certainly think they are um, they're ready to rock. And you know, I make f- I hate the Rangers and whatever, but I I know like the 2008 Islanders, nobody scored over 20 goals. Mm-hmm. I get it. It sucks. It's terrible. And yep. to win the draft lottery, to win the 2009 draft lottery, was the best thing to happen to the Islanders in a very, very, very long time. I mean, that that changed the franchise. Now T- to Tavares lose, going there. Now to lose the Lion Snake sucked, but this year was pretty good. So, but you know, he's then he scored 24 goals, and still nobody else scored over 20 goals. Yeah. So maybe it doesn't alter your franchise immediately, but it eventually will. And obviously, for the Rangers. You know, Gorgiev has been really good, and their defensive prospects have looked better in the second half, and they've had players who have looked good on the ice, off the ice with you know Tony D'Angelo and losing, missing that game that we talked about um, where David Quinn benched them. You know, but I think all in all they've looked good, and now they have a superstar. And what was the one thing the Rangers were lacking in their recent cup runs? It was that late-game sniper, and we were hoping that Rick Nash would be the guy he wasn't, and they just didn't have the cold-blooded late-game sniper to go to, the guy to lean on to put the puck in the back of the net. And now you're putting yourself in a position to get that guy on top of potentially Panarin to have on your team to build around for the next 10 years. Their goaltending prospects for the future are great. I mean, Georgiev has come around. Chesterkin, if he comes yeah. next year, that could be tremendous. I don't know what's going to go on with Lundqvist, but I, the future is very bright in terms of goaltending. And like Chris said, I think the defensive prospects are good as well. It's more in terms of the forwards that I was more concerned about in terms of development. But, hey, now you've got a nice big free agency class to go after. You've got yourself a top two pick in a draft that really only had <laughs> two guys who were going to be able to make immediate awesome mm-hmm. impacts. And now you're getting one of them. That that's a pretty good feeling. It just changes the entire outlook on this rebuild. It, it really does. And whether it actually comes to fruition or not is is a different story. But I mean, what a day! What a day for the Rangers! What a day for the Devils! And what a day for hockey in this city! And it, it's it's gonna be awesome next year. I, I mean, I'm already fired up for October, and we haven't even started the playoffs yet, which is what we're gonna get to right now. So Chris can take a breath. Of fresh air. I hate the Rangers. I know he does. And now we'll talk about your precious Islanders. Good. Who begin the playoffs tomorrow at the Coliseum. First time on home ice since 88. That, 88. Is that correct? That is correct. Which is pr- a pretty remarkable notion in itself. But they will get a rematch of 2012 with the Pittsburgh Penguins. 2012-2013. Yes. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that, that yeah, I should have clarified season. that. But this is going to be a fun series. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I re- I, it's probably... Not going to be as talked about as a Toronto no, Boston for Islanders. sure because of the, the Islanders. Islanders, but this this has the potential further to be, proving my point to be a really fun series. Yeah, and, oh yeah, it's going to be a great series. I think this could go the distance, and I don't have any reason to believe the Islanders can't win it. Um, the way you know Matt Murray was kind of on and off this year, uh, and Robin Leonard and Thomas Grice have been so solid, and the Islanders have beaten the Penguins a couple times this year, so I'm pretty confident. How does the goaltending shape up in the playoffs Leonard's for the Islanders? Go. Leonard's got to go. He's got to be the guy. He's got to be the guy. You got to ride. You got to ride him. He 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 brought us here. Even though Thomas Grice has been so great this year, he proved basically that he's not an eighty-two game goalie last year. I think. Um, mm-hmm. And having this when he had Halak at full health, he was re- pretty good. And having Leonard at full health, he's been really good. So even if they went on and off, two games on, two games off, that wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't be terrible. I think you got to ride Leonard as long as he's hot. I agree with that decision, and 
Last year, I remember we were talking about the goalie complex with the Islanders in terms of if they were to make the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. how would things have ended up playing out? Just because I, I don't think you can do a two-goalie system in the playoffs. I, I don't think it works. I think it creates a lot of unease and a lot of uncertainty well, in in a locker room. And I think you have to ride the hot hand. And Leonard has been the clear number one guy all year. He has experience as a number one goaltender. Yes, he's never been in a playoff game, but he's the guy that, in my opinion, you have to ride out. And listen, if he doesn't play well, you have Grice to fall back on. I, I agree with you. Remember what happened last year with Washington. The first game against Columbus, yep. they played Grubauer. First two games. First couple. First two and games, then, they played Grubauer. And then he didn't play so well in game two. They rolled Holby, rode Holtby the rest of the way. So it's the fact of who's the hotter goalie in game 82 it doesn't matter if that's you know Henrik Lundqvist against Jackson Heil if you're hotter you got to play oh thank you hey, that is a that is some comparison Jack your thoughts well I think in terms of the goaltender situation like like you said Jackson I've seen the two goaltender situation fail so many times in the playoffs with St. Louis Blues with the Anaheim Ducks and I think the the Washington situation last year was interesting because at the end of the day you knew you could rely upon Holtby to get you deep in the playoffs because he had so many times before. And that first-round series, it was against the Devils, right? Columbus. Columbus? Yes. Are we talking, yes. Are we talking last year? Last year's yeah, Washington last year. series Washington. was Columbus. Columbus. They went down 2-0, and Eller had that fluke overtime goal yeah. in Game 3, and they didn't lose another game in that series. That almost felt like, I mean, I know it got closer than we thought it would, but to me that almost felt like a tune-up for the Capitals moving forward the rest of the way in the playoffs. That was not a series that should have been as close as it was, and it wasn't a series that I don't think they were planning on being as close as it was. And it's hard to compare that to Penn's Islanders this year, which I think could easily be a hard scrabble six, seven game series. Um, I'm I'm just going to go with experience and a little bit of Rangers bias and take the Penguins in six on this. It's ironic to me that the team that has the, the undisputed two-goalie system is also playing the team that's won two Stanley Cups with the, the two-goalie two system. system. I know. And yeah. things we have seen yeah, but it work before. they ended up riding Murray. It wasn't a total back and forth. Yeah, the thing is we have seen this work, though. I mean, in the past. I mean, it's kind of weird. If you remember to Chicago's last cup in, what was it, 15? 15, yeah. When Crawford got benched in the first round against mm-hmm. Nashville after, I believe they went down 2 nothing in that series. It Darling good, comes yeah. in, finishes, finishes the series. Chicago wins. And then Darling has a bad game in Game 1, and they go right back to Crawford, right. and then they win the Cup. It's all about who is and isn't high, and it's the playoffs in every sport. It's, mm-hmm. it's who's the hottest team, and, and you, know, you even look like in the college basketball, like you know Duke wasn't mm-hmm. playing their best basketball, and they lost. You know It's who's playing goalie the best right now, and right now that has to be Robin Leonard. They played him against Buffalo, they played him against Toronto in the two biggest regular season games of the year, and he played well in both of those games. They lost that game against... Um, the Maple Leafs, but he played well in both of those games, well enough for the team to win. So I, I agree that it has to be Leonard, and I think I mean, all, all us three are pretty much in unison with that opinion. I will say it is obviously great to have the fallback option oh, yeah, of Grice, absolutely. who we, we've, we've not only seen be successful this year, but we've seen him. He's the only one. He was the goalie who won the Islanders' last playoff series and only playoff series since, like, 1993. 1993. So they have a great ba- fallback option, and... It's going to be a tough test, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. P- Pittsburgh is... I would have rather draw Carolina. I was rooting heavy for the Rangers that night, which hurts <laughs> to say, but they needed to beat Pittsburgh, so of course they didn't. They, they beat them, but they beat them in overtime. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, yeah, but I, I obviously would rather have drawn Carolina, um, but if you're giving me the choice between Pittsburgh and Washington, I want to take in Pittsburgh, so. 
the best thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs is that anything can happen. Yep. And I mean anything can mm-hmm. happen. I mean, we've seen eight seeds make cup runs. We've seen the worst team points-wise in the in the playoffs go to the cup in the last five years with Nashville years. doing it. Yeah. Two years ago. Two years ago with Nashville doing it. They had the same amount of points as the Islanders. Yeah. I, I forgot how many years ago exactly it was, so I just ballparked it and said five, so I wouldn't be wrong. And the Kings were an eight <laughs> seed, right, the first year? One of those years they were, yeah. Yes, I think it was the, the first year, year they, they were an eight seed. I want to say, yeah, 2012. It was it was an eight seed versus six seed. Remember the Devils? Yeah, Devils won in Game Seven against Florida in the first round that on shows a Henry you what's double so overtime about goal. These playoffs. Yeah, and anything can happen. And one of the best regular season teams we've ever seen in the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have been eventually playing meaningless hockey for the last month or so. Won the president. We, we were trophy. on spring break when they won the president's yeah, trophy, which, which is nuts. It's absolutely that was like nuts. March fifteenth. And not even make the pl- not even clinch a playoff spot. No, they won the, the playoff show. trophy, uh, the the president's trophy. Jeez, I'm I'm all over the place <laughs> right now. Is there a team that can catch Tampa Bay? Obviously, the answer is yes. The question is, will anyone? And who is it? If it is, I think of all the teams that could have drawn Tampa or Tampa Bay could have drawn. I said in the first, I should say in the first round, Columbus is the team most likely to beat them. Couldn't of, agree more. Of Carolina and Couldn't Montreal, Columbus is the team most likely to beat them, just based on coaching, based on goaltending, and based on offensive talent. I don't think they will, but they have the best chance of Carolina, Montreal, and Columbus. That second-round series is going to be tough, especially if Columbus gives them a ride. If Columbus brings them to six games and they have to kind of grind it out against Columbus and they have to play Boston, that's not going to be easy. And then the, that's probably going to be a six, seven-game series. Now you're riding Vasilevsky for 13 straight games going into the Eastern Conference Final against Washington, Islanders, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That, the East isn't going to be easy for them. At the same time, I'm not saying they need a challenge in the beginning. I also think it doesn't hurt them That's necessarily. Because yeah. on, let's be honest, any team in the playoffs is going to be a challenge, even with as good as Tampa Bay has been. I think they need a challenge, personally. And to face a team as talented as Columbus is, obviously with Superstar, we talk about Artemi Panarin, he's the best player on Columbus. They are loaded from top to bottom in terms of scoring ability. I mean, you went out on the deadline, got to Zingle, Duchesne. We talked about who had a great deadline a few months ago, it mm-hmm. seems like. Columbus was at the top of the list, yep. and the fact that they can run three or four lines at you, all with scoring talent, plus with the D they have, they have a legitimate number one pair in Jones and Wierenski. The only question with me, with Columbus, is whether the goaltending comes out. I mean, we've seen Bobrovsky have major letdowns in, in the playoffs, really ever since he's been in the, within Columbus, and obviously he's going to get a tough test in Tampa. I, I think that Columbus gives them a ride. I'm not saying they're going to win. I, I don't think it's fair to pick against Tampa Bay after what they did this year, but I think that I agree with what you were saying, Chris, that if there was a team that's going to challenge Tampa in the first round and it may necessarily be a good thing, I, I think it's going to be Columbus. Yeah, I'm going to take Bolts in six, but what I'll also say is I think the Blue Jackets are going to get up on them early. Don't be surprised if this is a 2 nothing, a 3-1 series. Well, I guess if it's 3-1, it has to go seven. But let's say 2 <laughs> Two nothing, two one series lead for Columbus because really they're they're coming into this series having clawed and scratched their way into the playoffs. Tampa Bay's been on autopilot theoretically since early March, but really we've all known that they were going to win the division and probably win the President's Trophy since like Christmas. I feel like Tampa has not played truly meaningly, truly meaningful hockey almost the entire year, and it's got to be weird to sort of 
turn that on just like that when you're going against the Columbus team. Way to get that snap on yeah, there. Really, <laughs> yeah, I had to. Got, I, right, I distanced right, myself right, a little right, bit, right, go for the impact. That was that was really good. That was professional. Columbus is going to be coming in having really every single game the last two months meant just as much as a playoff game. We talked about the ramifications for the next 10, 15 years of their franchise, how that all led into this playoff series, the fact that they didn't sell, the fact that they put all their chips in at the deadline, that they have this city, the point that we made the 14th most populous city in the country that loves their Blue Jackets and yet nobody cares – Okay, they have so much riding on this, and the intensity is so high. I think they're going to get up on the bolts early, but then the Lightning will get their you-know-what together and end up wiping the floor near the end. But I think this is going to be a 6-7 to seven game series, a 2 nothing, 3-1 lead for Columbus, and the Lightning will pull it out. Obviously the most intriguing series in the Eastern Conference, Boston and Toronto. Uh, same rematches last year in the first round, Boston 1-7, and seven in, in really a crazy series. I mean, it was chaotic from start to finish. Game 7 was nuts. I mean, I believe it was 4-4. At one point, Boston ends up winning 7-4 in Game 7. Jake DeBrusque has an unreal Game 7. And honestly, I think this year it's even more lopsided towards Boston. And I'll tell you why. Defensively, Toronto's a mess. They are an absolute mess defensively. And honestly, I would say that as a whole... Toronto really just hasn't been the same in the in the second half. And honestly, I think you could point to Matthews going down early in the year as kind of a turning point for Toronto this season. They faced adversity. They were able to address it, but they have had their struggles defensively down the stretch. If it wasn't for Frederick Anderson, they might be a wild-card team, in all honesty. that That's how much they have struggled down the stretch. And I, I know Chris has his opinions on Toronto with Mr. Tavares being there, but how do you feel that this series plays out? Boston 5. Toronto's not that good. Toronto's overrated. Uh, their forward core is obviously good. I'm not going to sit here and say John Tavares isn't a good hockey player. I'd be an idiot if I did. But, you know, obviously, and obviously Austin Matthews is too, but as you said, their defensive core is a disaster. I mean, the, the biggest thing they did to improve their defensive core was sign, was trade for Jake Muzzin, who, you know, nobody is confusing for Drew Doughty. He's case. had a rough stretch too in yeah. Toronto. Oh, yeah, he's terrible. So, and then Freddie Anderson is solid. Garrett Sparks is solid. But I don't think I'm going to rely on them to win a playoff series for me. I think if you ask me to pick of the eight goalies in the Eastern Conference, who am I picking to win a playoff series, there's a lot of goalies I'm picking before Freddie Anderson. Interesting. And, I, I, th- and, I think Freddie Anderson's one of the most underrated goalies in hockey because he masks so many issues with Toronto, personally. that That's how I feel about it because, like you said, defensively they are a mess. And Anderson has... One single-handedly won them a lot of games this year, and their centers that they have, uh, John Tavares, never good a defensive player, and Austin Matthews came up. No, everybody knew that McDavid was a better defensive player than him. So they have centers who don't play great defense. They have defensemen who don't great, play great defense, and they have goalies who can't bail them out of games that they don't necessarily deserve to win. They can win games six to five. They can lose games as they prove to the Islanders six to one. So I will take Boston five because they can score with anybody. I'm taking Boston, but in seven, I think it's going to be a little closer than you seem to think, and I think you have a little bias against the the Maple Leafs. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Um, But I'm still going to take Boston, and I like like the way their team is shaped more, and what I really like about this team, similar to the Yankees, is how they were able to rebuild without completely wiping the slate clean, how they still have the stalwarts from the old 2011 Cup team. That's what happens when you get the number one pick. What? That's what happens when you get the number one I know, pick. I, exactly. The, the Rangers That's could be in a similar situation, although they never won a cup. But 
the point is, is they have playoff experience. They they have a lot of great veterans on that team. Um, I mean, you can't even begin to talk about Chara and what he means to the Bruins. But um, to me, Boston and Toronto has had such a dysfunctional season as well. Boston, I feel like, has finished the season strong. They're coming in with a, a Boston sports city that's probably as high on euphoria as they possibly can be in Toronto those fans seem to be, seem seem to be pretty disgruntled. That's a controversial team and situation there. Um, I those think fans stink. They barely squeaked a hundred. Yeah. They barely squeaked a hundred points. They barely squeaked a hundred points, and we'll never let Islander fans forget that the captain is on the Maple Leafs now. Those fans stink. And it's I mean, just I like, like just the let Bruins it go. Better, just but I, I think they have they. If this makes any sense, they have better vibes coming into the playoffs. I Boston mean, does, of course. The Bruins. Oh, they have 100% way better vibes, and I think that'll. Definitely translate against the Maple Leafs. Out of every team in this playoffs, I think the Leafs probably have the worst vibes going for them right now. I think that Boston wins, but I think Toronto, I think Toronto's going to be playing with more of a chip on their shoulder than people realize. I think because of the fans, uh, people think that Toronto is so entitled and stuff. But we got to remember this is a team that there is a ton of pressure on this team to win, and I mean a ton. Which is why a hundred points is a failure. Exactly. And this team is going to play on, be playing with a ton of weight on their back. And whether that's a good thing or not, you can argue. But I feel like that will translate when you have professionals like Tavares and really good players. That translates to a chip on their shoulder, in my opinion. And I, I think they're going to make it a really tight series. I think this one goes seven. I like Boston significantly better, especially with the way that things have gone to the playoffs. But I just think defensively they don't have anyone that can stop that top line of Pasternak. Uh, Marchand and Bergeron and outside of that I like their depth scoring whether how good their depth scoring is in the playoffs will determine whether they can give Tampa a real fight but I think Boston wins this first series let's shift over to the west because we kind of talked about the east and we already really know our opinions on that how good is Calgary I think that's the question that really everyone's wondering in the west right now because Probably the biggest surprise is that Calgary won the West. I thought they were going to make the playoffs. I didn't know that they'd be this good, especially with Bill Peters in his first year there. Obviously, losing Dougie Hamilton hurts, but, I mean, Elias Lindholm, heck of a year. That top line of Goudreau, Monaghan, and Lindholm was tremendous. This team is loaded with scoring talent. They are top-heavy. Is this a team that goes to the Stanley Cup Finals? Goes to the Stanley Cup Final. I'm going to say no. Uh, I like San Jose better because I think they're better defensively and they're better. Um, they're and more veterans, more uh, experience is the word I'm looking for. There it is. <laughs> um, but I do think Calgary is a good team, and I think they're going to be a team that we're watching in the playoffs for a lot of years to come. They have a good young core. I think they're really well coached, and if um, Riddich can be a solid goaltender, I don't see why not. Why they couldn't go to the Stanley Cup final uh, eventually in the next two, three years, but I, I don't think this is their year now. Well, who are you? This goes back to the discussion we were having before. Are you riding Riddich all the way? What about Mike Smith? I think you have to ride Riddich. I mean, he's been their best all season. Obviously, you can have the quick hook with Smith there, yeah. but I think there's no doubt that you have to at least start with Riddich and try to ride him as far as... Who, who are they playing again? Uh, Colorado. Colorado. Okay. That'll be an interesting test for them. I, I think very underrated defensively is Calgary. I mean, they Yeah, have Travis some, Hamanick's had a really good year. Hamanick had a good year, even though I don't even think really Hamanick is that good. I yeah, think he's, I think he's, he's overrated, and that was a steal of a trade for the Islanders oh, yeah. for what they were able to get. But, I mean... Mark Giordano was 35, and what he was able to do this year was unbelievable he's for a, a 35-year-old defenseman. Yeah, he's a um, he's a candidate for— Oh, know, he's a Vezna—not uh, Vezna, Norris Trophy Norris, candidate, excuse yeah. me. They, they're good. I 
I think the question with me is how healthy is Eric Carlson in terms of San Jose because I think they're my clear favorite to go to the cup finals out of the West if he's healthy, but there's just so many question marks about their health in general. I mean, San Jose, obviously a very older team, and injuries can happen like that quickly, but, I mean, this is a team, in my opinion, that needs Carlson to go far, and they are getting a very tough test in the first round with Vegas, and which was, honestly, I was expecting to be one of my favorite series last year, and Vegas ended up sweeping San Jose right out. Um, but... I think this is going to be a fun series, and that I think it's going to go seven. I agree. I, I do think it's going to be a fun series. Uh, it's missing. I like James Neal a lot. I've always kind of liked James Neal, and that was an interesting player for Vegas where I thought you could kind of really, you know, he stunk this ne- year. In the, needle in the side of uh, Talk about a bad contract. Of San Jose, and now he stunk in Calgary. Lost a tooth again. <laughs> had a bad year. But anyways, I don't know that Vegas kind of has that, that grit this year. I know Ryan Reeves is there, and he can drop the gloves, but he's kind of a bum. And I feel like, you know, they're missing kind of that, that underdog chip on their shoulder where they can't have that run that they did last year. I do like San Jose. Um, I don't know if I like him out of the West, though. I, it's t- I, it might be a st- Are you referring to Vegas or San, San Jose? Jose. Okay. I like San Jose in the series, but I don't know if I like him out of the West. I, I think that they're the most talented team just because the Central is beat up on each other a mm-hmm. lot. And I know we're going to get to the Central, but all three of those teams, um, Nashville... Um, Winnipeg and St. Louis have all just beaten each other up over mm-hmm. the last six weeks of the season. So how healthy they'll be, how how um, energetic they'll be, will be interesting to see. Yeah, Vegas was the they were the storyline of the season last year, and that mm-hmm. was pretty much from day one throughout the entirety of the year. And I feel like all my non hockey fan friends, that's all they were talking about. I had one friend who got a Golden Knights hat just because he thought the logo was cool. They had such a I think an underdog story, but also the sense that. Everyone was rooting for them, and they were in the press all the time. That totally helped them push forward. And honestly, it doesn't seem like anybody really cares about them outside of Nevada this year. And I do think that does play a role. Um, I remember talking about it at the beginning of the season, how they didn't win the Cup, but they are going to have a hangover from that experience. Uh, So I think they're still sort of feeling the effects from that. I'm going to take San Jose over Vegas in the first round. But like Chris said, I'm not going to take San Jose out of the West because I want to take one of those central teams. I'll tell you this about Vegas that they have that they don't have last year. And I'm not really one who cares too much about grit in terms of the Ryan Reeves aspect to it because, listen, that grit can only carry you so far. They have elite skill that they did not have last year. They have Mark Stone and they have Max Pacioretty, two guys who take this team to the next level, in my opinion. And I think whoever comes out of this series probably goes to the Western Conference Finals just Mm. because even as much as I like Calgary, I have serious questions about their goaltending, even with how good Riddich has been this year. I think he's riding a hot streak that eventually cools off at some point. I'm not going to say the winner goes to to the Finals, but I think Vegas ends up going back to the Conference Finals. And I hate saying that because I'd love to see San Jose go far, but I just... I have a lot of questions about Eric Carlson's health. Uh, they're such a different team having him and oh, Burns absolutely, together. Absolutely, and without him, I, I just I have too many questions about the durability of San Jose to stay alive. But let's shift over to the Central, and I want to talk about Winnipeg for a second because probably the most, maybe the weirdest team in oh, the playoffs yeah, this definitely. year, just because loaded with talent, so much talent there. They have the goaltending, but. The underlying numbers are very, very make me very skeptical about the Jets. They've been the worst expected goal team in hockey, or bottom two 
in the second half of the year. Possession-wise, they've been bad. But again, how much stock are you putting into that? Was it a bad stretch of hockey? And does the talent carry them forward? I'm personally not a believer in Winnipeg, even with the talent there. I think San- I think St. Louis even beats them in the first round just because of the way they've been playing. Defensively, they've been a lot better, and they're getting the goaltending. What do you guys think? So I loved Winnipeg last year. I was a full believer in Winnipeg. I, I thought I that they were going to win that. I thought they were going to beat Vegas. I thought they were going to beat uh, Washington too, but they obviously didn't beat Vegas. And this year, I, I totally agree with you. I would not be surprised if they lost to St. Louis at all. That being said, I did pick them to win the Cup at the beginning of the year, so that so shows how, how, fall, so how far they've fallen. Just And you're right. It's, there's no talent lost from last year. There's talent gained because they got Kevin Hayes. And they haven't been healthy in the blue line recently. Morrissey and Buffalo are both hurt. They both should be back for game one. So that's going to help. Hellebuck is a great goaltender, no matter how shaky his season was. And... I don't see a reason. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, because this team has the talent to put it together. It's a matter of are they the team that slumped into the playoffs or can they put the pieces together and go on a deep run? And in every sport, we've seen teams slump into the playoffs that are really good and then go down in five in the first round. In every sport, we've seen a team... uh, go into the first round slumping and then end up winning whatever that championship may be, especially in hockey if you get a hot goalie. So that's, I think, the first big key is if Hellebuck can lock down, you have a whole different hockey game right there. If the Blues can't get pucks past him, how are they going to win? So I think Winnipeg can turn it around. I was about to do the snap into the mic again. (laughs) They can turn it around really quick because they have the talent to be able to, but it's just a matter of, if they can, and it's more of a mental thing than anything, and I don't really know what the answer is, um, I'm going to pick the Blues if it's this Blues team and this Winnipeg Jets team. But if the Jets turn it on, and I think we'll probably know by the end of Game 2, uh, watch out because I think they'll go on a deep run. Great goaltending series. It is. If you're into, if you're into low-scoring, hard-hitting goaltending series hockey, this is going to be With good. a lot of offensive talent. With a lot too. of offensive I mean, talent. We're, we're talking... The 80 saves a night right now. Bennington yeah. and yeah, You're I mean, talking Lebuck. like two-to-one games that end in double overtime with 60 shots on goal each, and I love that, especially oh, yeah. when it's not great. my team because if, <laughs> when it is the Rangers, yeah, I'm sweating bullets and having <laughs> many heart attacks. I think out of the Central and the team that's going to the Stanley Cup out of the West is the Nashville Predators. I agree. I, I think – kind of coming off the Stanley Cup appearance hangover last year. I had my questions about them last year just because the underlying numbers weren't too favorable towards them, but they're back this year. I think they're rejuvenated. I think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder after the way things ended in Game 7 last year to Winnipeg, which was one of the best series I've ever seen. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I love this Nashville team. They have a top line that's loaded. They have depth scoring. Defensively, they are legit. I mean, probably the best defensive corps in the entire playoffs, you could argue. And they get the goaltending, too. And the goaltending was always a question for me, especially when they went on the cup run, because I think Pekka Rene has been overrated for a long time, and we saw that in the Stanley Cup. But bounce back last year was huge. And he, Soros won, is a good goalie. He won the Vesna last year. Which he won the Vesna last year, and UC Soros is a solid yeah. goaltender. And, and they have, I, I just, top to bottom, I, I think... This is the year that they finally get back to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I know they were there recently, but 
I think they have a relatively good draw coming out of the Central. You say that, but they're going to play Winnipeg again in the second round. Yeah, but again, I have my questions about Winnipeg. I know. I look. I think it's. I think it's hard. I think Calgary has a much harder draw. That's fair. Regardless, just yeah. because. I mean, listen. No matter who you play, it's going to be tough. But you're talking a team in St. Louis that's riding the hot hand right now, and I have questions about their age on the blue line. A Winnipeg team that yes, they're talented, but metrically they've struggled. You look at the you look at the uh, the Pacific. Vegas is loaded. All three of those San Jose is loaded, and obviously Calgary has been the best team in the West all year. And you look in the Eastern Conference. I mean, Tampa's going to have to play Boston or Toronto, which is tough. Yep. The Capitals are going to have to play Pittsburgh or Island. You could argue maybe the Capitals have the easiest path back, but Both I'm not. Pittsburgh I'm not a, and the Islanders have yeah. beaten Washington multiple yeah, times, and I'm not a huge believer in the Capitals in general. But I love the path that the Predators are going to have. I think Dallas, even though they may give them a run, I, I think they don't have the talent to match up with Nashville. St. Louis and Winnipeg are probably going to beat each other up. I think I think Nashville goes to the to the finals, and it would be hard pressed for me to be surprised if they don't. I think that it's all going to depend on how the Winnipeg-St. Louis series ends up. Because just like Jack was talking about, if Winnipeg turns it on and comes out of that St. Louis series riding this unbelievable high, uh, I don't think there's any team in, in the Western Conference and any team besides Tampa Bay that can beat them. And it's all it's. I think that the whole Western Conference is going to lay on the shoulders of how Winnipeg plays against St. Louis. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment. You anything <laughs> you want me to chime yeah. in just in general on Nashville or yeah yeah, yeah. uh well I I said I, I'm picking them to come out of the west just because also don't sleep on Renee because he can get them I, that was when they made the cup two years ago that was the whole storyline behind him and you can't emphasize enough in hockey about how riding a hot goaltender can get you far enough and I also see Nashville in a sense that they haven't gone through as much as the Capitals went through before last year, but they are sort of that team where they've had a couple of deep runs, uh, they've come up short a couple of times, and they're right on the cusp, and they're ready to make this big run because after this it might be downhill a little bit in the next couple of years. And first of all, the discussion we just had I think is a reason for why there should be one to eight seating in each conference. I was just about to say. Because, the whole thing is stupid yeah. how some teams have easier paths than others day. based on the division they play in. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. Show. But aside from that, um, I mean, I said it earlier and I'm going to say it again. Nashville's my pick to come out of the West. I'll go Winnipeg. I'll go different. I don't know. Okay. I, I think they're talented enough. I think Nashville, but if I know I picked Vegas to go to the conference finals, but if Carlson's healthy, I I think San Jose comes out. But I have too many questions about that. Stanley Cup final picks and your MVP picks as well. All right, I'm going Tampa over Winnipeg. I picked Winnipeg over Tampa at the beginning of the year, so I'll go Tampa over Winnipeg now, and it's got to be Kucherov. Fair. Yeah, uh, Tampa-Nashville, I was going to say Kucherov, but uh, I'll go with the second pick. How about uh, Pekka Rene? Pekka Rene. Wait, wait, wait. So you're giving Any- the consmite to the losing team? Uh, I didn't say who I was going to win. Oh, you got to pick a winner. <laughs> I'll pick uh, a winner. I think if Nashville gets there, you could almost argue. I mean, people have won the consmite for a losing team. It's yeah, a couple whole of times. Yeah. Playoffs. It's not just the Ron Hextall won when um, Ron Hextall won when the Flyers lost. The Flyers lost to Edmonton. Yeah. Um, 
What was it? No, 80... I think I, I'm going to pick Tampa to go over no, Nashville. No, 80... But... 85, I think. It was 85, right? 85 or 86. I mean, Kucherov's my pick. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> that, that's my that's my backup pick. But if I'm calling it spade to spade, I, I'm going to go with Kucherov um, and the Bolts over Nashville. I'm going to go Tampa over Nashville. Um, it's... I, I listen. I don't like picking favorites. It's not my thing. I'm usually an underdog guy, but it you can't pick against Tampa this year. And my MVP, I'll, I'll go with Stamkos. I think he's flown under the radar since he signed that contract, and he's just been tremendous. And I, I think he's going to have a real impact during the playoffs. And just as a goal scorer, I mean, he, he's unbelievable. Any final thoughts, guys? Just uh, Jack said something about the playoff uh, thing, and if it was one to eight, we'd have Islanders Toronto, and we would be doing an hour long podcast on that. Because wouldn't that be fun? It would be unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it'll be, it should... be at the Coliseum, but you know, it should okay. be <laughs> one to eight each conference, three points for a win in regulation, two yeah, well, points a for an overtime win, fix. one point for an overtime loss. Yeah. A that's thousand, how I look at it. There's a thousand things you can fix, and uh, I hate the Rangers. Those are my last thoughts. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, we, I, I hate the Islanders. I forgot the Rangers got the second pick. I forgot the Rangers got the second pick. That's pretty awesome. Um, that's another episode of Five on Three. Big time episode. I mean, we had everything: draft lottery, playoffs. And the best time of the year is here. Tomorrow oh, night we will so have much. playoff hockey, which is a glorious thing. And, Chris, I'd say good luck to you, but I'm not going to for reasons that I think you guys can draw the conclusion to. But another episode of 5 on 3. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go, Isles.